listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. We are in a summer series called, what does it say up there? Truth bombs, timeless wisdom for an instant world. And we've been taking our time going through the Old Testament book of wisdom called Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. And if you're new to even reading the Bible, if you're new to church life, it's kind of right in the middle of the Bible. And I challenged our congregation, our new congregation, to take one chapter of Proverbs according to the date and read that chapter. For example, August 11th, that's today, you would read chapter 11 of Proverbs. And as we're going through that, I even challenged you for the month of August to pick up your very own wisdom journal. If you didn't get one of these, We have a few still in the back. And the idea is that you would open up to a fresh page, you would read one of those chapters of Proverbs, and then as you're reading it, allow God's Spirit to speak to you about a truth. And then you would write that verse down, one, maybe two verses, write that verse down, and then begin to write there the wisdom that you receive from that verse. When you're done, you'll have 31 nuggets of wisdom, little truth bombs that drop into your heart and explode into goodness. And so that's what this is all about this summer. Um, I want to encourage you. We're on day 11. And uh, I don't know about you, but if, if I go into a diet or I get into an exercise routine, usually about halfway through is when I start to go, is this really worth this? You know, those donuts look really good over there. Those pastries that Alvaro puts out every single Saturday night, man, those look good. Usually when I'm about halfway through my diet or halfway through my exercise routine is when I start getting weak. I want to encourage you. If you're, if you're in reading Proverbs, don't stop. Keep going. Let it strengthen your soul. Keep journaling. On Saturday nights, what we're doing is we're coming together, and I'm looking for big themes that we see throughout Proverbs, and I kind of tie it all together. Usually, there's three or four or five verses that speak to a particular theme in Proverbs, and so we've already hit on the fear of the Lord. Uh, We hit on, a couple of weeks ago, the disciplined life, what it means to live a life of discipline. Uh, You can check those out on our podcast on iTunes or go to our website and listen to those if you missed out on those. Tonight, I'm going to start with a couple of verses, and you'll, you'll probably see where we're going with the theme. Check out these verses, Proverbs chapter 18, verses 6 and 7. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 says, a fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. I found that to be a very interesting passage of scripture, because I've known some fools, and their mouth deserves a beating. <laughs> And the second verse there is very similar to the first there. Verse 7 says, A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. As I was reading these passages of Scripture, it it, kind of reminded me about a movie from the 90s. And I'm going to show you a clip from the movie from the 90s and see if you all can remember or recognize this movie. Take a look. Oh, 
what's your side of history's going on? You're walking from church when suddenly you encounter Satan Charles. But what made you a successful lawyer? Your ex-wife calls. I have to go to court this afternoon. Fletcher, it's his birthday. Also made him an unpredictable father. Until one day, his son decided to make an honest man out of him. I wish that only one day Dad could tell a lie. Anybody remember that movie? Liar, liar, the story of a man who's fool, who was a fool, and his lips brought him strife. Uh, Jim Carrey played this man who had a serious lack of moral integrity. But thankfully, in the end, everyone discovered that honesty and integrity were more highly valued. Um, the words honesty, integrity, matter of fact, let's say these words, it's kind of interesting. Say honesty, honesty, next one, integrity. Next, faithfulness and selflessness. When we think of these words, they're usually associated with people that we would admire. If you admire somebody, you may admire them for their honesty, for their integrity, for their faithfulness, for their selflessness. Solomon gives us examples throughout Proverbs of these qualities, these what we call character traits. If a person exhibits these kinds of, of qualities, these kinds of traits, then we call that person a person of good character. Not a comedic character like Jim, Jim Carrey, but a, a person of good character. Could that be said of you? If, if, if somebody were to say, hey, I know that guy, I know that gal, she has good character. Is that something that could be said of you? I remember uh, my father would define the word character uh, when I was a young man, uh, and, and he'd say, Kelly, what character is, is what you are when no one else is around. It's, it's who you are when no one else is around. And, and, and I remember him telling me about that when we were watching that old television show uh, with Art Linkletter. Some of you might be old enough to remember this show. Kids say the darndest things. Uh, some of you might remember. There's a modern version of that, but it was started by a guy named Art Linkletter. And one of the, one of the episodes, they put a bowl of candy in front of a little four- or five-year-old boy. And then they said, don't eat any of this candy. We'll be back in just a little while. And they sat that little four or five-year-old boy down right in front of that bowl of candy, and they left the room, and they put a camera on him. I tried to find the clip, but I couldn't find it to show you. But do you all know what happened? It was torture for that little boy. His little hand was going around the bowl, over the bowl, kind of mm, touching the bowl. He was doing everything he could not to, to get the candy. And then at one point, he just kind of got one, put it in his mouth. And then, of course, as soon as that happened, the, the adult comes in and goes, so did you eat any candy? Mm-mm, no, no question of character. And that's when my dad would say, see, character is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Good character. And we see that in the book of Proverbs over and over again. Solomon warns us about our character. See, our character is something that's on the inside. 
It's not just your outer appearance. It's not just the persona that you, that you give or project to others. It's what's happening on the inside. Take a look at what Solomon says. He says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. What he's saying is out of your heart, all the issues of life come out. Everything flows from your character. Then he goes on in verse chapter 21, verse 22. He says, a man's ways seem right to him, but God weighs his what? His heart. His heart. It's about character. Thomas Paine said this. He said, reputation is what men and women think of us. That outer persona that we put out there. But character is what God knows about us. See, reputation is what others think about us. Character is what God knows about us. A person can seem to have it all together. They can have a successful business, right? They can be physically in shape. But if their heart is polluted, eventually, ultimately, their life is going to head to ruin. Ultimately, it will fail if the character isn't strong. It reminds me... Um, how many of you guys have ever seen pictures of the Great Wall of China? Wave at me if you've seen some pictures of the Great Wall of China. It's an amazing structure. It's one of, the, one of the only man-made structures that can actually be seen from outer space. It's huge, thousands of miles. It took years and years to construct. It's a giant structure. It cost an immense amount of money and labor and lives. Literally, men would work themselves to death fall into the mortar and they would literally just keep building the wall right on top of them. That's how, how immense and how powerful this, this, this wall was that was being created. When it was finished, it appeared to be impregnable. China was protected with this immense wall. But three times in the years, the, the soon after the wall was completed, three times enemies breached the walls and it wasn't that they went around. It wasn't that they went over. It wasn't that they actually broke through. What they actually did was they bribed the gatekeepers and were able to get through the gates and walk right in. Dr. Harry Emerson says, a historian says in this historical fact that it was, quote, the human element that failed the wall. What collapsed was character, was character. Like the Great Wall, our character is tested every single day. Your character is tested every single day. Will you do the right thing even when it's hard? I have two daughters, uh, Rachel and Emma, who right now are hiking back down from Mount Whitney. That was their summer goal, was to hike Mount Whitney, one of the largest mountains in America, uh, right here in California, peak of about 14,100 and something feet. Uh, they hiked it this week, and they're on their way back. We hope they're on their way back, yeah. My wife, we haven't heard from them in a couple of days. We assume they're on their way back. <laughs> Thank you, Leah, now I'm stressed out. Find My Friends doesn't work all the way up on Mount Whitney. Doggone, I need to call AT&T. Anyways, when they were born, 
I would pray over them every night. We still pray for them every single night. And one of the prayers that I would pray over my daughters from the time they were little even until now, that God, you would give them the wisdom to do the right things and the courage to do the right thing even when it's hard. What I was praying for was God that they would be people of character. Character. And I continue to pray that over them and for them. The Great Wall is an example of character failing. And our character is tested every single day. Adversity is the crossroads. Adversity that you face in your life is the crossroads. You can choose one of two paths. You can choose to use the path of character or you can use the path of compromise. It's your choice. It's your heart. One of the most familiar persons in the Bible who came upon this path is one of my favorite characters, second to Jesus. Jesus, of course, is my savior. I'm in love with him. The second person that I read about in scripture is a guy by the name of Joseph. I love his life. I wouldn't want to go through what he went through, but I look to him and I learn from him. His story is found in the Old Testament book of Genesis. It's actually the first book of the Bible. And, and I want to read a little bit about this crossroads that he encountered. We read about him in chapters 37 through 47 of the Old Testament book of Genesis. And this was his test. Follow along with me. I'm going to put the words on the screen. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the narrative without expounding upon it much until the very end. But Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. He's purchased by a guy by the name of Potiphar and brought into Potiphar's household where he would serve as a slave. And this is where we pick up the story. Genesis 39, verses 1 through 21. Genesis 39, verse 1 says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders... He was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his, his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. Duh, of course it would. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. Smart man. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Verse 5 says, From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless who? Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All of his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. Isn't that awesome? So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. I want to pause there for a minute. Joseph's blessed. 
And the blessing of God that was upon Joseph because God was with Joseph and Joseph was living a a life of integrity translated to his boss who didn't even know God, who didn't even trust in the Lord, but the blessing flowed from Joseph to Potiphar. Potiphar recognized, man, there's something about this guy. And he was a smart man that put Joseph in charge of all this. But now the story gets a little dramatic. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife, the first desperate housewife, soon began to look at him lustfully. And she said, quote, come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. We see his character starting to come out. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? And check this out. It would be a great sin against who? God. This man of character had a choice. He had a choice to make. I don't know how many men could handle that kind of pressure. Because the reality is, Joseph knew, man, Potiphar's gone all the time. Mrs. Potiphar, poor lonely lady. Poor lonely lady, he never takes care of her. Maybe I should take care of her. That's what Joseph could have said. But instead, he chose the harder path. He chose to do the right thing. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. He refused to sleep with her. He kept out of her way as much as possible. Men and women, boys and girls, young people, there's a great strategy on how to avoid temptation, how to avoid the pressure. You see it right there? It says, he kept out of her way as much as possible. He made sure not to be where she was at. If she was in that room, he made sure to go over to that room, everywhere to get away from it to avoid it. Where do you spend your days, men and women? Do you walk to the temptation or do you say, no, no, I'm going to be a person of character, a person of integrity. I'm going to walk away from the temptation. One day, however, no one else was around. When he went in to do his work, she came and she grabbed him by his cloak demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and had fled, she called out to the other servants, and soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew, this slave into my house to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around. I love this translation. Fool around with me. 
But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak behind. Potiphar was furious. When he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her, so he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Pause for a second. Not done just yet. Now, some of you might be saying, wow, Pastor Kelly, quite a story. Nice reward for doing the right thing, right? Here this man is, he's doing the right thing, and what happens to him? He gets thrown into prison unfairly, unjustly, not even guilty of it, wrongly accused. And where does he end up? In prison. Doesn't seem fair, does it? I remember reading that for the first time going, well, that's not fair. The guy did the right thing. Have you ever done the right thing and ended up with the wrong results? It's a test of character. Will you do the right thing even when it's hard? Because it's the right thing to do. Character. Verse 21, but. I love the buts in the Bible. There's lots of buts in the Bible. There's little buts and there's big buts. This is a big but. Y'all giggling for some reason. I don't know why y'all giggling. I like big buts. I cannot lie. Can we edit that off the recording, please? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But the Lord was with... I want us all to read this but together. I don't want to be the only one. Ready? Begin. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Pause for a second. It's what we were singing about. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison, in his adversity, in his trial, in the middle of the test. The Lord was with him. And his faithful love was felt by Joseph. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. He prospered even in the prison. Even in the midst of his adversity, he continued to thrive. Joseph's character was being tested over and over again. Your, your character is tested every day. Tested when it's, it's easy to just give a little lie to cover up your mistake. That's the easier thing to do than to admit your mistake. It's a test of character. That little nugget of gossip that you heard. Mmm. Wouldn't it be good to be the person who knew it first and started to share it? Or would it be better to do the right thing? Restrain yourself. Hold back. And do not share the gossip. And there are others the interesting part of this story is Joseph's reward for doing the right thing to me certainly didn't seem fair. But what Joseph was about to experience was the refinery. The prison was called the refinery. 
Now, I know some of you are going, so is this a prison here? <laughs> How do you know that was called the refinery? I don't. But what I do know is that the process he would go through was a refining process, a refining of his character. Because God knew that Joseph had a destiny. See, Joseph had had a dream when he was a teenager that he would rule. He didn't know how, he didn't know where, he didn't know when, but he had had this vision that he would be in extremely high leadership. Well, here he is in prison, not in leadership. And during that time in prison, God would refine his character and prepare him for what he was about to step into. Joseph proved that he had character when it came to Potiphar's wife. But soon, Joseph would be the second in command of the most powerful nation in all of the world. And during that prison time, his character would be refined so that he could be able to lead at a high level. The refining process that God would use developed Joseph's character so that he could lead the nation. His ultimate reward was fulfilling his God-ordained destiny. He literally was used by God to sustain the Hebrew people during an extreme time of drought when people were dying. Sustain God's people so that they would flourish and eventually the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come from that lineage so that you and I today could know salvation in Jesus Christ. God's destiny for Joseph resulted in your salvation. Thank God for the refining process in the prison. I thank God that Joseph went through that time and his character was strengthened so that he could lead so that I could know salvation today. See how it's connected? It's an interesting it's an interesting story to read. I would, I would recommend, you know, spend some time tonight in Genesis 37 through 47. Uh, right there in chapter 38, when, when Joseph is there in prison, he's there serving, and uh, he comes across a, a man who served in the, in the royal court as the baker uh, to the king, to the pharaoh, and he had an exchange with the cupbearer of the king, the pharaoh. And these two men had had dreams. And so Joseph interpreted their dreams for them, that, that they both would be released from prison and that they would be brought before Potiphar. And Joseph said to them, when this comes to pass, would you please remember me? Don't forget about me. They were released from prison. One of them, both of them got what they deserved. One of them lost his head because he had done some things and the king said, I'm going to separate you from your head. The second one was restored back to his position. The cupbearer was restored back to his position. I love chapter 39. It opens with, and two years later, Joseph was still there in prison. It ends, chapter 38 ends with this story of Joseph saying, please remember me. And then the next chapter picks up with two years later. I remember reading that one time going, God, what were you doing during those two years? What were you doing in Joseph? And as I read through Proverbs and I, as I study scripture, you know what I realized? God was refining his character 
refining him. Because soon after that, two years later, Joseph is called up. Pharaoh asks him, interpret my dream. Joseph interprets his dream. And then Pharaoh says, you're going to be the man in charge. Second to me. No one else will have authority over you except me. His character was able to withstand the pressures of leading a nation. Helen Keller said this. If you don't know Helen Keller, she was blind and deaf and overcame more adversity than most people will ever encounter in their lives. She was blind and deaf. And here's what she said. Character cannot be developed in ease and in quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Adversity is our test of character. It's the opportunity to grow. It's the opportunity to be strengthened. It's the opportunity to say, I'm going to do the right thing, even though it's hard. And trust God. Because as you stand, you will be rewarded. God promises he will reward you. Listen to this, pr this precious promise from Jesus. I don't have it on the screen, but let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says this, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's not the outer persona. It's not what you project to others. It's about what's on the inside. See, God looks at the heart. How's your heart today? A man took his daughter to a carnival. Much like the Orange County Fair, they went inside and there were all the lights and the smells and the sounds. And she's pulling her dad and pulling her dad. He's wondering where they're going. And finally, he sees this giant cotton candy sales cart with all the pink, fluffy cotton candy. And she's like, Daddy, cotton candy. So he says, sure, whatever one you want. She picks the biggest roll of cotton candy that's up there. Huge roll of cotton candy, probably this big. And he buys it for her and says, sweetheart, are you sure you can eat all of that? She says, well, daddy, I'm a lot bigger on the inside than I am the outside. You see, character is about being bigger on the inside. How's your character? How's your heart? Maybe you're going through a refining process right now. Maybe you're going through some adversity. God wants to strengthen you. Wants to strengthen your character and your resolve to be the man and the woman of God that he created and called you to be. So stand strong. Let your character be strengthened. Because when you do the right thing because it's the right thing, God sees. Even when nobody else sees. And God rewards 
publicly what's done privately and in secret. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.